Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. All right. So let's start this morning. We'll get to these other stories. Let's start with uh, your job. When you, when you get a job offer, here's a question. Do you just accept the salary they give you? Or do you realize, Jen, that you got a live one on the hook and negotiate for more? <laughs> I got a live one on the hook. You know, I never, I just the first, I haven't had a lot of experience with getting new jobs. You know, I haven't, I, I haven't gotten fired a bunch of times like you. <laughs> so I didn't have, yeah, I haven't gone on a ton of interviews and I had that. I mean, by the time we were actually going to be making money in the radio business, we had somebody handling that for us. Like I would have never been able to negotiate a contract. Sure you ever. could. Sure I could have, but it wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> like they, they would have been able to get me so dirt cheap. And then the paperwork, who knows what I would have signed. Yeah, I you mean, never read really that. needed an expert in that arena. Right. And then, too, to, to put a, a monetary value on what I do, I would struggle with that mm. really, really. Even if I was looking at comparisons that like what other people in were making, like I would probably still sell myself short. Yeah. Well, before you and I got together and teamed up to do a morning show. I did mostly afternoon shows on different radio stations as I kind of bounced around the country. And up until that point, my contracts were like one page. They were one sheet of paper. Simple. And they were full of loopholes and Mm -hmm. all kinds of vague language in them. And I never really gave them that much thought. They were always skewed, you know, toward the company where, you know, they can fire you at any time and you're under some crazy non-compete where you'll never be able to work again within a hundred mile radius of the radio station. And it was just, they were just, but I I never sweated it because if I was going to be fired or if I was quitting the job, I was leaving town anyway. Yeah. So it didn't didn't matter. matter. Yeah. You had but, nothing tying you down there. But as I spent, started spending more time in the industry and I started, you know, attending radio conferences and catching wind of like what other counterparts were making. When the business went from pure fun all the time to still fun and now it's work too. It's work. And, and we're a business. <laughs> yeah. I started saying, you know what? We all have choices. We all got options and I don't have to live here. So... You know, let's see if we can get a better deal because mm-hmm. this is a great company and it's a great radio station. And if we can't, you know, then we can look at other options. And there were a lot of other options. Well, that worked fine until right around the time you and I teamed up to do mornings. <laughs> when we teamed up to do mornings, our first morning job was in the same building where we had had solo jobs. So we knew the Her, people, we knew the yeah. players, we knew the company, and it was what it was. But the first time we had an opportunity to work outside of our little bubble, uh-huh. and we were presented with a contract, all of a sudden it went from one sheet to like this thick thing from a huge company, which at the time we were owned by CBS. Yeah. 
And this is a big multinational company that I'll mess around. <laughs> and for the first time, I felt like I was wicked Serious. out of my league. Yeah, I, I felt like I was out of my league and I needed help. And it was funny because I get this phone call from Jeff. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Shortly after we got these really big fat contracts, which I just kind of like probably would have just gone ahead and just signed. And when she says sure. fat, she means like physically fat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like thick. Thick. So Not many pages. Millions of dollars. Right. No. Exactly. I'm talking just a number of pages. Right. That's it. Um, yeah. And he's like, you know, um, I, I'm going to get a guy. <laughs> he says, and I found this guy and I really like him and I think you should talk to him. So yeah. Jeff encouraged you know me to jump on board. And I'm glad that I did. Me too. Because I would have been like, huh? Yeah. So now we're represented by the same guy. And, you know, he's great. But I never see the harm in asking. Know who you are. And just, you know, sometimes you got to take what you can get because... That's the only option. Yeah. It is the only option. Well, and it's the yeah. fear. Like, you know, I love doing what you're doing, but if I go and push my limits on how much I think I'm worth and they're like, we can't afford that. See ya. You're like, oh, damn. Are you going to screw right. yourself Can out I of have the, the 30000 again? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know people who That's work. Hard. I know mm-hmm. people. I know hairstylists. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah. People who work in salons. And I've seen some of the deals that they get into where, you know, they, they, they go to work for a salon or they rent a, a space in a salon and they end up signing their life away so that if they want to, like, bust out on their own because the salon owner is taking too much of a cut, mm-hmm. uh, they're screwed because they can't work anywhere within, like, a 75 or 100-mile radius. And then, you know, somebody sues somebody else. And, and now we're spending money on lawyers. And so I see a lot of situations where people take advantage of other people. So knowing when yeah. to walk away comes into play 54 percent of people negotiated for more money the last time they got a job offer so really only half and i bet the majority of them were men yes men were much more likely to negotiate than women yeah we got to get better at that we really need to get better that we as as women yeah, like oh yeah. all women everywhere your worth we need to stand firm in the truth of our own worth for crying out loud 66 percent of men Asked for more money versus 46% of women. So why didn't people negotiate? 55% said the reason they didn't negotiate was because they were actually quite happy with the salary that was offered. They were satisfied. Yeah. And who knows, you know, maybe they didn't feel like there were other opportunities, you know, other, uh, other better opportunities. Well, you know, this is about as good as it's going to get. There aren't a whole lot of jobs out there. I should just take it. Or if I want a better opportunity, I'm going to have to move, and I don't want to do that. This is where my family is. We're settled here. 
Yeah. Yeah, but you can negotiate for other things besides money. Like if you don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you don't want more money, maybe you can negotiate like an extra personal day or, you know, like three weeks vacation or something like that. Speaking of that, the last time I renewed here, uh, sat down with the boss and she's like, and all I was thinking in my head and all I had said to her leading up to this time was, I need another week of vacation. I just need some more vacation. Need some more Tim time. So I can be on my game when I'm here. And she said, no, you're getting a raise instead. <laughs> she didn't say anything. But then, oh. when, then when it was time to like sit down and go over it, she's like, I know you wanted more money. So I got you more money. I was like, oh, I was happy with the money. I wanted more time off. <laughs> <laughs> Take the money back. Take the money. Give me a week. I need another week off, please. Yeah. Yeah. 18% of people who did not negotiate. The reason they didn't negotiate was because they were worried they might lose the offer if they asked. Yeah, the fear. That's what I'm saying, man. You don't want to appear greedy. Right. Or irrational. Because a lot of times... <laughs> or off the mark. <laughs> right. Like, you, you need an adjustment on... 18%, another 18% didn't negotiate because they just didn't know how. They, they don't know how to negotiate. They don't know how to have that conversation. And then... Uh, another 9% didn't negotiate because, yes, they wanted more money, but they just they, they didn't know what someone in their job position should be paid. They had no frame of reference. Well, I mean, they can do the research so they just on took that, it. you know. Like, I think it's challenging if you're looking up, you know, local Cincinnati radio DJ versus, like, you know, I work in sales or, you know, something else. It might be a little easier to do the research. Well, every once in a while... Whenever this comes up, you know, we talk about some of the highest paying jobs or some of the lowest paying jobs. And these are national averages. So Cincinnati is often kind of in the middle when it comes to the economy, home prices, what things cost. And you figure salaries are probably there, too, when you factor in the cost of living here. And so people will call in. We'll have people call in and say, what do you do and what do you make? We don't want to know your name. We don't want to know the name of the company. We just want to know what your job title is. And what you're making. And I think it's the, what it, like one of the greatest phone topics you can do on the radio for people who don't really know. Hey, am I, am I high or am I low in my field? How am I doing is the big question. I'm trying to remember what some of the really big shockers were when we did that. My favorite is when actuaries call in. <laughs> yeah. What do you do, first of all? Yeah. yeah. An actuary for an insurance company. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is or. Yeah. What risk the... assessment manager. Yeah. I know that? it involves a lot of math. <laughs> yeah. And they make bank. Yeah, for sure. Pharmacists, like right out of school. Making about an 80, weren't they? We should do that, though. We right should out. do what do you do? What do you make? And what is your debt? Because pharmacists <laughs> right out of school are making a lot of bank, but don't they have to pay for all the. Pharmacy school. Yeah, up I mean, to that. If, if they didn't have someone Helping funding or a scholarship, yeah. yeah, I would think so. So we may come back to that. We've got a we got a brand new second date update and happy ending and that all that coming up shortly here. But you know what uh, else? Maybe I like, we open up the phones later. I was telling my boyfriend because we got into the, the discussion of taxes the other day, and we I was talking about like how we do the phone topic of what do you do? What do you owe? Or what are you writing the check for? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him about that man that called in one time and was like, I'm writing 10 million, blah, 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 blah. And we were like, wow, why? And then he was like, but I sold my business for $50 million. And we were like, oh, understandable. Yeah. I know a couple. Okay. So 
my classmate, Andrew Miller, the high school classmate, he was the class clown, hilarious, freaking hilarious, quick-witted, but kind of had like this um, sort of AD, I mean, maybe he is diagnosed ADD, I don't know, but just, you know, very easily distracted, but his mind was always running a million miles an hour. Lost touch with him after high school. Found out the guy owns the Sacramento Kings NBA team. Oh, today. nice. Yeah. It's my high school class. And he owns like some, I think, minor league hockey team as well. You've um, got a bunch of super successful people, though, that you went to school with, didn't I mean, there, there were was just something about where I grew up that was just blessed. Um, it was a great public school system. And just, uh, I don't know. There's just something about that community where, yeah, like, a lot of my friends are either in politics, working for the State Department, working on Wall Street, owning NBA teams. Yeah. And, um, you know, playing music on the radio, That's which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very happy. Love what I do. Do you wish you would have been closer friends with that guy so you could be, like, courtside at the Kings? You know, part of me is kind of like, man. Hey, Just Jimmy, what's touch up? I mean, would and you I have ever wondered. guessed? I mean, would you have ever, looking, looking back at Yeah, he was a smart a guy. He was a smart guy. You kind of assumed he would be... He would do well. It wasn't a shock. Here's what surprised me. What surprised me about Andy Miller is that I, when I heard through the grapevine that he owned the Sacramento Kings, I had to go online and see if I could find like some video footage of him. Mm -hmm. CNBC interviewed him about six months ago, and he was just so like calm and business like I'm like that's definitely him but that is not the Andy Miller that, that I you knew that I know that's what's funny get to the own them so he's super smart guy he was kind of a techie he was into video games and he created his own video game software company where he wrote the code sold the software and evidently you know he got hired went out on his own sold his company and this is the key and this is what made me think of that when you told me about the guy who sold his company for 10 million or whatever he sold his company for millions, and then they retained him as an employee, as a consultant. So not only did he make bank from the sale, but he was getting like steady income where he didn't even have to touch that money that he yeah. paid. And then with that, he could do with that money whatever he wanted. And and he bought a basketball he's, team. <laughs> now he's an NBA owner. Hey, why not? Right. Wow. Unreal, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the a big dream. Funniest dude you'll ever meet. Just like could have been a comedian. He's that quick witted. Mm-hmm. We've all heard of beer goggles. Mm-hmm. Is that just for men or are women affected by oh, that God, too? Yeah, women are affected by that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you may you may <laughs> even blame some questionable personal decisions on those beer goggles. Is there such a thing as is personality beer goggles? <laughs> yes, I believe like, so. Where we think, you know, yes. He's a really cool, nice guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because that's where it affects me. Like, when I'm under the influence, I just think everybody is a good person. You're a good person. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You are You are actually really nice. I like you. <laughs> You're a good person. I like talking to you. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, drinking doesn't make you lower your standards. Yes, beer goggles really exist, but <clears throat> not how you think. It's not that you lower your standards. It just keeps you from being as judgmental as you are when you're sober. Mm, that makes sense. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm actually a better person when I'm under the influence of alcohol. Oh, I've definitely blamed full-blown <laughs> relationships on me being, yeah. Under drunk, the influence of under alcohol? Under the influence, yeah. 
or the majority of it. And that's why I thought it would work, because all I saw were all of the wonderful, beautiful, perfect things. Researchers at Edgehill University in England monitored people at a bar, and they found that sober people, sober people get distracted by attractive faces. But drunk people are easily distracted by all faces, meaning they don't discriminate. Yeah. I I love love everybody. That's right. Which is the better way to be in the world. You know, don't we all? Yeah. Drunk. (laughs) That's right. Arguably. I love you. Yeah. I I love you. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Think about it, though. How many times have you had a beer or two or a glass of wine or two? Not like a lot, but just enough to be like, I'm feeling good. And thought to yourself, man, if I could be this way all the time, especially at work, that'd be real good. Right. So you've officially hit that sweet spot. Yes. And you want to hold on to it for as long as possible. And be very, very careful because that's the tipping point to addiction. It's where a lot of people... Okay. I mean, they're just trying. Yeah, she's right. You know? I know. It, yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it. What happens next? You know, is when that drink runs out, you want another one because you want to maintain that perfect. Yep. Yeah, that and feeling. Just, after a while, it starts to lose its magic. Usually, well, move on to food at that point. I know. What else do you self medicate? We self medicate with a lot of things, not <laughs> just food and alcohol and shopping and reading and listening to music and. <laughs> It's a lot of ways to numb yourself. So it's possible that when you're drunk, you'll give attention to someone you might not give attention to when you're sober because you're not even processing whether they look good to you or not. So there you go. But this Mm -hmm. can work out in your benefit sometimes, too. If you're the unattractive person, yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. it's score time. Well, it's, not just, yeah, it's like people that in your life, you're like, oh, I never would have given that person a chance. Oh, yeah. And then you do because you are drunk and they turn out to be fantastic. Yeah. So it's not yeah. always a horrible thing to have beer goggles on. Sometimes, yes. That's why you have to leave at 3 a.m. Let's all just try to learn and grow to the point where none of the outside stuff matters. Yeah. You st- like you, you're still working on that? Every day. <laughs> Every day. That's great advice, but how many of us are actually applying that? Well, do you think anybody lives it perfectly? No. Just I try guarantee to do a little bit not. better today than you did it yesterday. You're be the absolutely best version right. of yourself that yeah. you can be every day. I think what was that, my Maya Angela? Do what you know to do now, and if you learn more, do better. Something like that. What? Yeah. It was profound. By the way... I'm waiting for that best friend game when Jen asks, how did you guys become best friends? It's like, well, we didn't used to be best friends until we got drunk and we're able to look past those things. Each other's faults and right. find the beauty and perfection. Well, that's great. And you stayed, you <laughs> stayed friends after you sobered up. And they're like, oh, no, we never sobered up. We're still drunk. That's how that works. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't bought your Girl Scout cookies yet this year, maybe it's time to hustle because there are just three flavors that everyone seems to want, and you don't want those to sell out before you get them. A new survey asked people to name their favorite type of Girl Scout cookies, and the big three are Thin Mints, Samoas, uh, let's see. Tagalongs? Tagalongs, yes, the peanut butter patties. It's got to be the peanut butter one in there somewhere, right? Thin Mints, Samoas. Samoas are also known as Caramel Delights. Yeah, they're the gooey ones. Those are my favorite. 
Oh yeah, I don't the like chocolate those with the caramel. There's well, they have the coconut, coconut on there, and it's like I'm the, usually yeah, not a big fan of the coconut, but for some reason, I don't know if it's the texture or just the yeah. way that it's mixed with everything else in that one, it works. It's the raw form of the coconut too, so it's like the extra fingernaily kind. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so three cookies got half the votes, and those were the ones: Thin Mints, Samoas, and Tagalongs. While the other eight cookies split the rest. That the shortbread cookie, what do they call those? Trefoils? Mm-hmm. Got 7%. The caramel chocolate chip only got 6%. Dosey Dose, which were those peanut butter sandwiches, only got 5%. And the s'mores got 3%. What about the lemon ones? The, the, the new, <laughs> the new, the lemon ups cookies. What about the old man kind? <laughs> lemon ups got 3%. Lemonades got 3%. Thanks a lot got 1%. And Toffee Tastic got 1%. Toffee Tastic. I don't know if I know what those. Me either, Jen. Maybe I'm that's the new you. one. Girl Scout cookie time was a beast when I was a kid. My mother was the troop leader. And so we would be the one that would have to drive our truck down to pick up all of the cookies that our entire troop had sold. And I can remember being that kid sitting in the back seat, like just scrunched <laughs> up as, cause, because there were cookies to my left, right on top of me and behind me. And I had nowhere. I, they could barely fit me in the car right? with Aww. all the cookies. But have they you guys even had any this year? I haven't even had any. No, I, you know what? I haven't had Girl Scout cookies in years. Period. Oh yeah. yeah. A guy named Chris tweeted at me and was like, "Hey, you want to buy any for my <laughs> daughter?" <laughs> and I always buy one box from the first person who asks me. That's my rule. So now and you're then done. I'm done. So he said he's dropping them off today. So my today. mom brought over a box of Thin Mints um, on Monday. She was like, "I thought I'd bring these to you before Jacob eats them all." Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I, I haven't. I don't know where she put them. I think she put them away, and I haven't seen them again. <laughs> See, this is exactly what the boys. Scouts needed because you know they're going through a tough time with the bankruptcy and everything else yeah. and all of the scandals the and mm-hmm. the lawsuits and all of that and uh, well thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen morning show podcast brought to you by CBG Airport start your trip at CBGAirport.com